Tawedo 2017 is being broadcast from Papakura Marae, the northern tip of the Hauraki Waikato electorate. We're here before a live audience with the two candidates standing in the seat. They are Lahui Papa of the Māori Party and the current MP from the Labour Party, Nanaya Mahuta. Yaya neetiwi, wahuri ki te patu i ngā kōrero e pāna ki Hauraki Waikato. In just a moment, we will drill down into the issues that matter. For the people of Hauraki Waikato, for our listeners, this electorate takes in Papakura, where we are now, east into the Hauraki Gulf and Waiheke Island, back inland to Meremere, Huntley, Hamilton, east to Thames and Pairoa, then west to Tawamutu, Raglan and Kafia. And make no mistake, this, according to some, is a royal rumble between Fanonga. Dubbed by some the Battle of the Bluebuds, with a plot that wouldn't be out of place according to many in an episode of the Game of Thrones. The king's hand has been given the royal seal of approval to topple, according to many, the princess of Māori politics. But is this the will of the Hauraki Waikato people? To our candidates, you each have two minutes to convince us why you should receive our support. You'll be given a bell to start your kōrero after your mihi, and then another bell at 1 minute 30, and then a continuous bell at 2 minutes. We start with you, the Māori Party candidate, Rahui Papa, marae representative in the Waikato Tainui Tribal Parliament since its inception, and the former chair of Te Aratauta, who has been an integral member of the Iwi Leaders Group on Freshwater Issues, Whānau Water and Justice. E kara Rahui, hei akwe tuā. Tui a te rangi e tu nei tui a te papa e tagoto. Tui a ratou ko wehe ki te pō uri uri, ki te pō tangotango, ki te pō e o tia tuai. Ko i a te nei ko te whakaaroa ke rā ki ngā mate o te kāinga. Kia Jackie Moana e takoto mai ana i runga o hora hora i tō tātou pāpā mōrehu kaumātua ki a te motu kātipa e takoto mai ana i runga o tūranga wāwā. Whakahira hira ana rā te titiro ki o tātou mate e pīkau nei a tātou i tēnei pō. Kei te rangatira, praone, nā urāngo tātou karakia i tuku atu ki te wahingaro, tēnei te mihiaki. Te whakatau akerai, te whakahonore ki tō tātou kīngi, koia tēnei te mihi, koia tēnei te mihi, koia tēnei te mihi. O ti rā ki a tātou katoa i ratoi tō tātou whare, Brian, kotou. O ti rā e ngā kanohi ora, a o ngā hapori katoa o hauraki waikato, tēnā kotou, tēnā kotou. Te nā koutou katoa. Ngā mihi nui ki a tātou i tēnei pō, pai marire ki a tātou katoa. Why should you vote for a rāhui papa? Because you're going to get all of the things that I've advocated for in past lives and well into the future. That's about our tikanga and our reo being infused into all aspects of Aotearoa. As a former teacher, uh, we see a whole number of deficiencies there uh, across the Hauraki Waikato and across the country. An advocate for not only our culture but our social aspects as well. I personally believe I can make a difference and make a change uh, in some of the things that are happening around in our communities today. Not only the support for those that suffer the most under the regimes for a number of years, but actually to move forward so that those aspects are wiped away in our communities. I also wanted to make sure that we look after the environment. We say tu hiki tia te rangi e tu nei, tu hapainga te papa e takotone. We talk about rangi and papa as our primeval parents 
and their children are the aspects of the Tayao. Tu Matauenga for people, Tane Mahuta for our forests, Tangaroa for our waterways. And it's really incumbent upon us to look after those aspects because that's our origin stories. They are our tubuna. We don't look at water and trees and mountains as simple geographic and environmental aspects. We look at them as tupuna. Just as Te Horeta Te Tanifa, just as Pātara Te Tuhi and Tāwhiao looked upon them in their time. And so koia tēnei, a ko te whakatau a ki waenga nui a tātou i tēnei wā. Koia tēnei te mihi ake ki a kūtou. Mehe mea, ka tukuna mai e kūtou, te tautoko i a rāhui, ko te whakatau i o tātou māwiwitanga i o tātou mate, ko te whakatau i te huarahi whakamua. Kia ora mai tātou. And of course to you, the incumbent member of Parliament for Hauraki Waikato, spokesperson for Whanau Water and Conservation, and of course associate spokesperson for Māori Development, the Labour candidate Nanaia Mahuta, Nanaia Ka Akwetewa. A tēnā koutou katoa tēnei te tuake ki te tautoko, a te karakia e te pāpa, te whakatau i a tātou i raro i te tuanui, o tēnei whare matua Brian koutou katoa. Think about the last nine years. There is nothing royal about hardship. There is nothing royal about people sleeping in cars, about people being put off work within 90 days, about our families struggling because the cost of living has gone up, about families finding it really hard to find a home, an affordable home, and keep it warm. There is nothing royal about that. And I'm here because I know the challenges within Hauraki Waikato that requires a different way of doing things. We cannot rely on treaty settlements to fix all the problems that there are for our people. We need a government that will act responsibly to ensure that not only do we have better, warm, healthy homes, we have affordable homes, affordable, secure rentals for our people. To ensure that health care is affordable, that we can go to the doctor when we need to, not wait six to eight hours at A&E because we're worried about the cost of health care. We need to make sure that in the workforce there is fair employment law so that people who are going to work, trying to hold down one or two jobs, are getting a good pay, a secure job. That the minimum wage is lifted to $16.50. That we can assure ourselves that the education system will deliver to those who matter most, and that's our kids. Their future relies on us making the right decision now. Education is now starting to cost people. Whānau, parents, paying donations. That's the type of public education system that is happening under this government, and we want to change it. Nine years, and people have not improved their quality of life. Nine years... And right now there is a significant choice to make because one million people didn't turn out in 2014 to vote and they need to at this election. But hey, it's all about our whanau. At the end of the day, you can have lofty aspirations, but if we can't make the gains real for our whanau so that they can see that their quality of life has lifted, that those of their whanau have lifted, then actually the last nine years proves why we need a change of government. Tēnā koe, tēnā kōrua, kia kaha kia kōrua tai. Ko tahi te kōhā o te ngira e kuhuna atuai, te miro mā, te miro pango, te miro whero. I muri i kia mau ki te aroha, ki te ture, ki te whakapono. There is of course but one eye of the needle through which the white 
the red and black threads must pass. Hold fast to the law, hold fast to faith, hold fast to love. Of course, we know these immortal words. They are an intrinsic part of the kingitanga. And indeed, in many ways, this whakatauki, with this message of unity and holding fast to ideals and principles, is as relevant today as it was over 150 years ago. It is appropriate, of course, that we are here at Papakura Marae, which immortalizes these famous words and embraces the whakatauki in the name of the whanenui itself, Tingira. And of course, we have two descendants of the Kingitanga itself, who are with us tonight to contest the seat of Hauraki Waikoto, Rahui Papa, and Nanaya Mahuta. So let's start our debate with leadership and the Kingitanga. Nanaya Mahuta, it is said the Kingitanga is one of the most enduring Māori institutions to emerge in colonial times, one of the longest-running political institutions in Aotearoa New Zealand history. Is that still true now? The kingitanga, in a modern-day context, in my mind, is the unification of collective intent, and it's all by free will. Those iwi who historically signed up to support the kingitanga and its aspirations, hold on to land, stop into tribal warfare and unite the Māori people, tried a number of things to secure leadership for the aspirations of Māori, resolving raupatu, uh, restoring the rights around the Treaty of Waitangi. Over time, that has changed. The kingitanga has relevance to those iwi who certainly want to ensure that there is a way of doing things not through the Westminster system, but through the Māori worldview and that lens. All the solutions around mana motuhake, for example, are because iwi can sign up to a bigger aspiration that is not harnessed by a Westminster system or has strings attached it's done because iwi have designed a way of doing things that is totally independent of any outside influence. If I can ask this question, given that the Crown has not only breached and in some cases deliberately breached significant responsibilities as a treaty partner, shouldn't the Kingitanga rethink then the position of potentially a non-threatening position against the Crown? Shouldn't it come out and be more forceful in the political sphere? Well, the Kingitanga, uh, as a movement has always challenged the institution, and it's done that through strong leadership. Intergenerationally, it's shown strong leadership has led the Kingitanga movement in ways that institutions change. So let's think about some of those things. When Tupuya fought against conscription, she was challenging the institution, saying to our people, don't go and fight a war in another country, we need to fight to get the return of our own lands back here. What else could it have been? Te Reo Māori whole movement, and when Koro Wetere was in government, and that was one that was absolutely supported by the Kingitanga movement and led by Teata supporting the Kohanga Reo movement. So, you know, there are ways in which the leadership, by association of those big causes, have not only challenged but led and pushed, not being confined, again, by government policy or the politics of the day, but by the aspirations of iwi and Māori. So Rahu, you can kind of see where I'm going with this conversation, right? Because the point I guess I'm trying to make is the Kingitanga has made, the King has made some comments, particularly in this electorate race. And I guess the question is, that's relevant and that's right, isn't it? 
Look, uh, the Kingitanga question has been a question that's been posed at me ever since the uh, King's announcement around our political intervention. Let's not forget that Pōtātau Te Ferofero and the establishment of the Kingitanga was actually a political response to the ways, uh, the treatment that Māori were facing at that time, and it was supported by Rangatira all across the motu to be a political response. Tafia went to England to petition Victoria to give back the confiscated lands. That's a political response. Mahuta sat on the Legislative Council of the Parliament of this country. So some people are saying that the Kingitanga should not be involved in politics. I think that's a whole lot of rubbish. Because each of the monarchs and each of the leadership times in their time have all done things in their particular way. I agree Tiariki Nui was a master of relationships, but she welcomed every Governor-General and Prime Minister onto her courtyard and had a cup of tea with them. She didn't just sit there and talk about the weather. She talked about the state of the nation of Māoridom in a political way with her political visitors. If I can make this question then. A recent poll by Māori Television has been released and of course you'll know the results of that particular poll which shows, according to its poll, that you are significantly behind Nanaia Mahuta in that poll. And yes, there are some questions around the number of people that were polled but nevertheless there is a massive gap between yourself and Nanaia Mahuta. The obvious question being then, that being the case and the King making the comments that he has made and the King Itanga making the comments that it has made in support of you, how do you take that with the poll results that have come out and what's your response from some people who are saying this shows the relevancy of this particular discussion bears no fruit? See, first and foremost, uh, really, it's incumbent upon uh, me to be able to stand up for the aspirations of Kingitanga because that's actually the real question. The Kingitanga aspirations are exactly the same as the aspirations of Hauraki Waikato. The Hauraki Waikato aspirations are the same aspirations of the people. And so... Actually, we're talking about the aspirational pursuit of all of us here in the Hauraki Waikato. Yes, the king has come out and made some very, very strong comments. And it should be that the kingitanga stands up when we see some of our people being sidelined and being minimised in this Westminster system. I think that we should play in the political sandpit. And I think that the kingitanga should stand up and be the voice when we see anomalies happening, not only to our people in the Hauraki Waikato, but across the country. The Kingitanga has hosted a fresh water hui some seven years ago alongside uh, Setumu Teheuhu, who was leading it along, uh, for the Iwi Cheers Forum, and those aspirations at Tūranga Waiwai were clearly put. And those aspirations have been put in the hard basket too long, and the Kingitanga wants to stand up and be the champion for some of those aspirations. This question is for you. And let me pick up on the point that, um, that Rahui has just made, and it relates again to that poll that shows you have a resounding lead. Comments have been made. You have also made comments, not particularly of the king, but some comments around his particular advisers. What does this say, in your view, of the Kingitanga and its involvement in this election race that has caused you to make some comments which you may or may not regret at this point? Has the influence of the Kingitanga in this electorate race caused harm to the Kingitanga itself, in your view? I stand by all the comments I make, and that's one thing that I've learnt. If you put your credibility up for people to have a look at, you have to stand by everything you represent on their behalf and do it in the best way that you can. So let's look at the issue of the Kingitanga. The Kingitanga is not a political party, it is a political movement. There is a big difference. And a political movement can withstand the ebbs and flows of whoever the government of the day there is. The difficulty with the advice which I called out advisers who I believe gave the King 
silly advice was to position the Kingitanga movement alongside and inside a political party to the point where people felt very uncomfortable about that, and I'm one of them. Here's the thing. If we want to ensure that the movement continues to have the type of currency and relevance to generations of New Zealanders in ways that they really sit up and think about the leadership that the movement is providing, then it has to show it can, like you said with Teata, work across the political spectrum. Okay, whilst you're standing on your feet, Nanaya, Tukum Morgan, perhaps one of, potentially one of those advisors that you were talking about there, has said that Māori throughout the motu are telling him clearly they want the Party Māori to work with Labour if it is in a position to form a government. So very clearly the question is, are you supportive of that or not? Well, there's the thing. You have the president of the Māori Party, in some respects, contradicting the will of the king. The king spoke specifically against political party, and then the president of the Māori Party quickly jumps over that comment and then makes another comment. I think this is where it starts to blur uh, boundaries, ultimately, though, on the question. You decide. The MMP system is designed so that at the polling booth, you choose your candidate and the party you want to represent, and based on the outcome of that decision, then a coalition can be formed. I, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't forecast. I can say based on policies where our closest policy alignments are, I can say that, but I can't forecast what the outcome will be to the extent of what a coalition agreement could look like. Only you can do that. Thank you, Nunaia. Mahitara. Hui, Papa. There's been a lot of mudslinging. We've referred, we've referred to some of it now. It's been flying between Labour's Māori caucus and the Party Māori. For example, Marama Fox called Calvin Davis's appointment as deputy leader a token gesture. Calvin Davis called the Party Māori packed with one Pacific, all steam and no hangi. Is the backbiting hurting the Māori Party like it did in 2011 when Hone Harawira fell out with the Māori Party or not, in your view? Look, uh, some people attack politics in a whole lot of ways. Eh? And some people like that argy-bargy type uh, of politicking. I personally don't. I personally don't. So I made uh, a particular commitment that that's not the way that I work. That the gutter politics isn't my style, and so I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to sit uh, and uh, bemoan all of the negative aspects about what's going wrong. I'm going to look for solutions, and I'm going to move forward with solutions. Eh? And so, is the mudslinging hurting my chances? Well, you know, that's just the way that some people roll. Hey? People have to be true unto themselves, and they have to do it in the way uh, that uh, they are going to be true to their own heart. Uh, so, let me ask this question then. Are you Fanonga first? Election combatants second? <laughs> is it, that's the question, I guess. The answer is yes. Okay. Uh, one... The papa lasts... Way past the 23rd of September, brother. Bye-bye. I can see Nanaya shaking her head and clapping, so she obviously agrees. One final question whilst you're standing there. The Green Party leader, James Shaw, has said that a progressive left bloc of the Labour Party, the Green Party and the Māori Party would be the best way to go. Do you agree? I think that there are some real synergies uh, in that suggestion. But again... The, one of the Māori Party's bottom lines is that whatever coalition discussions happen, we come back to the constituency. We come back to the constituency. We don't just take our writing instructions on how people vote on the day. Actually, if there are any coalition discussions, 
We come back to this constituency because our party lines rest with the people. And we come back to the people to ask for their writing instructions as they have since the, the lifetime of the Māori Party. Uh, when Tariana and Peter were the co-leaders, that was something uh, that they set in place with the then-president, Whatarangi Winiata, at all junctures and at all of those uh, particular uh, hard decisions, we come back to the people to get our writing instructions. Rahui, tēnā rapatukwe. Tēnā hoa. Nanaia mahuta. If Tūdoro Flavel wins Waiariki, Tuku Morgan as party president will push hard for the Māori Party to retain the Māori development portfolio. Is that a price of power that you would be willing to accept? I don't have a crystal ball on that one. I mean, but it is absolutely true, whatever the outcome, the parties who are most likely or able to form a coalition will put a number of things on the table. But here's the thing. We're campaigning to change the government. It's really clear. We don't hear a stronger message from either the Māori Party or New Zealand First. We're really clear. We're really, really clear. If we don't get a change of government, then what's happened for the last nine years will continue to happen. But it is true that after the election, only we can change the outcome by getting out to vote. On the 24th of September... Once the numbers are in and we get a sense of what is possible, all portfolios will be on the table and those parties who have a position to be able to form the coalition will start to utilise their ability to call for port- certain portfolios as the cost of going into a coalition. That's true. Rahui Papa, at the perhaps expense of potentially getting the same kind of answer to this particular question, is that the uh, Minister of Māori Affairs or Minister of Māori Development Portfolio, is that a bottom line for the Māori Party to be a part of any coalition with Labour after the election on September 23rd? We want to uh, be in a position to be able to influence in every political sphere that happens in Aotearoa. Uh, and so um, we haven't even discussed uh, what sort of portfolios because we don't know what's going to happen on the 23rd. The great work that Te Urudua, uh, and Marama have done with only two MPs then just imagine what we can do with five, six or seven MPs that are sitting beside them and the influence that we can bring to bear, not only for the Hauraki Waikato, but for Māori Dim in general. That's awesome. And that's awesome. Hey. And, and I'm hearing our Nan say that that's a dream. Well, Tapuia dreamed in her time and brought it to fruition. It didn't happen all instantaneously. We're in it for the long game. This is Te Weddle 2017, being broadcast to you from Papakura Marae, the northern tip of the Hauraki Waikato electorate, with our two candidates from the Māori Party, Rahui Papa, and from the Labour Party, Nanaya Mahuta. Koe nei te wiki o te reo Māori. He wā e whakatairangai, he wā e whakanuiai, he wā e whakamihai, ko tō tātou reo o nge kāmehameha. It's Māori Language Week, and it's fair to say there's been a positive attitudinal shift amongst the wider community. For instance, the Totafiti has enlisted the help of Jack Tame, or Jack Tame, according to some Māori, and Jennifer Ward-Leland, or Hennifer Wadi-Lirana, to spread the reo amongst the Pākehā people. But the positivity wanes, and when you start talking about making te reo mandatory in schools, the fight goes on. Rahui Papa. Will compulsory te reo Māori classes in schools save te reo Māori? Yes, it will. Compulsory reo in our schools will assist all of our communities to have a better understanding not only of our language, 
but the language as a doorway and a window to our culture. We're not saying that they should be Panekiratanga graduates like Julian Wilcox when they leave primary school. All we're saying is that there should be a basic understanding of some key concepts, some key sentence structures and some key words as they leave uh, the kura. And the Māori Party want to make the most uh, highest level of commitment to te reo Māori in this country alongside our local histories within our schools. We think that coupled with those, that will uh, provide a greater understanding for every community of this country. So that everyone living here, it's an official language of this country and it should be treated as such. Māori ora. Whilst you're standing, what is your response oh. to those who say, he o o rawa ngā kaioko, he o o rawa ngā rawimi, he o o rawa ngā puka puka, e kore ora? That's right. There's pathways that we need to uh, really cement to make sure that this is an achievable goal. Right? And no one's saying that it has to be done tomorrow. We're saying that if we stop saying it, if we stop saying that it should be compulsory in our schools, then it drops off the aspiration list. Then it drops off the priority list for us in this country. And of course, teaching. Of course, resources. Of course, those that are able to but actually, Kohanga Reo was started with our nannies singing and talking to our mokopuna. Not one of them had a degree in teaching in their time. And look at the success of something when Māori put their uh, shoulder to the wheel. Nanaya Mahuta, your party talks of te reo Māori being a quote-unquote working language. That is, of course, a far cry from being a compulsory language, and for some, therefore, being a far cry from being a living language. Why? I wouldn't say it's a far cry from being a living language. A living language is a language that, is, that flourishes within the home. And actually, when we think about that challenge, there's another response. But in the school system... Having uh, te reo Māori as a core language means it's not competing with English, math or science. We have a commitment to increase the number of Māori teachers who are able to deliver in both Māori mainstream and mainstream schools to get uh, that up. We will resume discussions with Kohanga around equity funding and issues there because that's substantial in terms of its contribution. With Te Runanga Nuianga Kura Kaupapa, again, resuming the conversation with them and their role to support and provide infrastructure for our Kura Kaupapa. But here's the thing, broadcasting, underutilised in the new time when now we have graduates of Kohanga Reo who are out in the workforce, able to deliver content in ways that can reach our people. Rahui Nanai has mentioned the Mātawai, an initiative established under Minister Tūdurua Flavel. When do you expect to see tangible results on that policy, particularly relating to Te Mātāwai? And what will those results look like? Te Mātāwai is basically a two-pronged approach. Firstly, it's the watchdog over the governmental spends uh, and the governmental action towards Māori. Every agency uh, should be monitored by Te Mātāwai under the governmental arm. The other one is the community arm. And actually there's some consultation rounds happening right now for Tairiwaka. So that includes Hauraki, Maniapoto, Raukawa, uh, Waikato and all of the uh, real aspects within there. Uh, that comes to the fore when the strategy is being devised, not by the government, but by the communities to be supported by the government. I'm really interested 
and the nice comments around broadcasting because I really total all that. Unfortunately, Jacinda Ardern came out just yesterday and talked about RNZ and talked about New Zealand on here. There was nothing said about Fakata Māori. There was nothing said about Ngārea Wirirangi Māori. And there was nothing said about Te Māngai Pāho. And so if it's not on the lips of the leader, does that mean it's not a priority? Rahui, you, you, you've talked about some of the community initiatives. Let me ask the question that I'll come to you and I for a response on that particular point. Is Waikato Tainui investing enough, Rahui Papa, into language revitalisation within Hauraki Waikato? Waikato Tainui, alongside our Matawai representative, launched Te Reo or Waikato on every Westpac ATM in the country. So now you've got the option of Te Reo Pākehā, Te Reo Māori and Te Reo or Waikato. We're encouraging Westpac to discuss that with every iwi in the country so that all of the dialectal differences, and that's where Waikato's part to play comes. In the Waikato dialectal difference, the Hauraki dialectal difference, the Maniapoto dialectal difference, in all of us, even in Tainui, there are differences of dialects. Mm -hmm. And that's where there can be some support. But actually, Te Mātāwai should be capturing that and supporting that from a governmental funding perspective. Thank you, Rahu. So, Nanaya Mahuta. Let me ask a question, particularly in response to what Rahui has just said around the broadcasting policy that was announced by Jacinda Ardern yesterday. Why focus on Radio New Zealand when you already have a Television New Zealand broadcaster that's a public service broadcaster, and Māori Television, which is a public service broadcaster, and Radio New Zealand, which is a radio broadcaster, and Māori Radio, which is a radio broadcaster? So why focus on a new television platform, potentially for RNZ? Uh, it's not new. It's about ensuring we have a public broadcaster. Now, my, this is where Māori TV comes in. Māori TV effectively is the public broadcaster, the fine print. You may not have heard it because it's in Penny Henare's domain, our broadcasting spokesperson, gives an unequivocal commitment to the, not only the continuation of Māori TV, but as our current public broadcaster in the spectrum, the new ways in which Māori TV will have to migrate its contribution to ensure that people can access content. The new space will be on a digital platform, but it will be in the quality of the content for Māori TV. Penny Henare has already given an undertaking. Right. There will be no drop in funding to Māori TV. We want to work with Māori TV for the next phase of growth and development. OK, let me ask this question. No drop in funding. No. What about an increase in funding? The increase in funding, I think, will be done in an informed way where Māori TV are currently looking at the viewership of its audience and saying, what do we need to do to ensure we continue to be not only relevant but accessible? And it's going to be in the programming space. And it's going to be in the new technology space where our kids now are accessing Māori TV from their devices, not sitting at home. Okay. So we have to get ahead of that wave and work with Māori TV. Labour isn't wanting to do that without the contribution of the Māori TV board and where its thinking is strategically about where the best investment for the future of Māori TV has to be. Te Tūre Whenua Māori, language and land, of course. E ana te kōrero ko te reo te Māori o te mana Māori, he wahine he whenua ka ngaro te tangata. Nō rero ko huri tātou ki te whenua i aiani. The Māori Party says our lands are underutilised, which is why it's taking a blowtorch to the 1993 Te Tūre Māori legislation, and in so doing, they say we'll unlock the economic potential of Māori land and give Māori landowners more 
rangatiratanga, central to the plans, is a new Māori land service. But the Labour Party have pledged to kill the bill if their knees end up under the cabinet table. Rahui Papa, if this is such a good bill, why then are there 125 amendments and 30 removed clauses proposed? Because the Māori Party listens to the people. There's been a whole series of consultation hui up and down the country, and I acknowledge my brother-in-law, Willie Tiaho, who's been leading a lot of those. Right from the north, right through to the South Island, people have been saying, look, it would be good if you amended this. Or through the select committees, it would be good. The minister uh, has taken all of those on board and made those amendments. That's a classic example of a political party listening to the people. The question should be, what are some of the attributes of Te Tura Whenua Māori? As a trustee uh, of Whenua, is that we get the say over who can be the trustees, not a judge sitting in the Māori Land Court. We get the say over the operations and the usages of our Whenua under our own rangatiratanga. The Māori Land Court will still be there, but it will be a backstop uh, for mediation purposes uh, should the need arise. Nanaya Mahuta, uh, what Rahui Papa has just said, listen to the people, by Māori, with Māori, to benefit for Māori, isn't that a good thing? Why kill the bill? Well, hang on, let's look at the issue. The intent to change to Ture Whenua Māori for what you say, which was the better utilisation of land, it's the method, not the rationale. And what I mean by that is, if you look at the way that this was approached, the single biggest opportunity of the change was around the Māori Land Service, which was supposedly designed to ensure that those smaller groupings of landholders, those who had no governance structure, those who had fragmented interests and wanted to consolidate, the Māori Land Service could be there to help. However, the Māori Land Service has been pushed to Timbuktu, and we put the cart before the horse, you put the legislative changes, where they're actually one of the things that was designed to help landowners is way out in the distant future. That's the problem. Come by. Um, this is to Wedo. 2017 being broadcast from Papakura Marae with the two candidates for the Hauraki Waikato electorate. They are Rahui Papa of the Māori Party and the current MP, Labour's Nanaya Mahuta. We now talk water ownership. Waters that are drinkable, swimmable and fishable with the water quality at least at the level of when it was at, at the time of King Tafiao when he composed this kōrero, tōku awa koyora, me ona pikonga he kuratangihia o te muri. The river of life, each curve more beautiful than the last. Nanai Mahuta, how would Labour's water policy support those immortal words, tōku awa koyora? By ensuring that when we say that water quality should be at a swimmable standard, it's a target that we're committed to reaching. But it's not just about water. It's the way in which we think about land-based activities. The intensification of farming in Hauraki Waikato is one of the issues that we have to grapple with. Increased levels of nitrate and phosphorus going into our waters, we have to try and reduce. That, in part, has been led because of the Waikato River settlement. Now, Labour will actually look to ensure that the targets driven by things like the Waikato settlement around water quality standards is actually something we apply to all waterways. Not weightable, which is where the government is at, swimmable, which is a higher quality standard. 
and it's not just about water, it's about what happens on land as well. So changing land-based activities. We have got a grilling from farmers who don't want to think about ways in which they may move to modern agricultural technology to improve their farming outcomes. Some are doing really well in leading. Some are saying Labour wants to stop farming. That's simply not true. Rahui Papa. Given that, and you of course have been a part of the Iwi Leaders Freshwater Group, are they aligned to the policy of the Māori Party? And if so, does it matter who owns the water in the Waikato River? So there's a Fakatoki Julian, Kotewai, Te Toto, Te Fedua, Kotefedua, Te Toto, Te Tangata. Our water and our Fedua are inextricably bound. We need to understand that in the first and foremost, so there's some agreement and some alignment there. But uh, it's not about bashing the farmers over the head. Actually, some of them uh, have got taken out of their own pockets uh, to conduct research around uh, alternatives to nitrates and phosphates. Some of them have actually riparian planted off their own back or created wetlands on their farms as kidneys for the waterways. So we should incentivise good farming practices while at the same time encouraging all farmers uh, to be able to meet those standards and set those standards alongside uh, the farming community. As we're talking about the way, actually uh, our principle is to support the Iwi Chia's standard setting as te manao te way and enough water flow to support the ecosystems, the tuna, the watercress, and all of that, and And once we can understand that, then we look about how we can support all communities for access to wai under the guise and principles of manaakitanga Māori. <laughs> I'll get you to come back, um, Rahui, as we turn to the environment. They are related, but nevertheless, climate change is a real threat. Coastal erosion, rising waterways, rising sea levels. Are we prepared, and what is the Māori Party policy on climate change to ensure we are prepared to meet and tackle climate change, which will be an inevitable threat within one generation, potentially? over the next 20 years? Quite timely, because Nanaya and I just last week were in uh, Thames, and that was the key hot issue of our whānau uh, in Hauraki, that the rise of the sea level is going to be 50 centimetres by the end of the century. That's going to mean erosion, that's going to mean a whole lot of problems, but not just in Hauraki, that's going to be a problem for the West Coast as well. There are a whole number of things. Getting rid uh, of fossil fuels, especially for power generation, faster than 2050. We're 80% there now. We want to support people using public transport, in particular iwi rail, that's going to be electrified rather than using fossil fuels. There are a whole number uh, of programs that are being put out there. One of them is to actually increase the support around R&D research and development and researching what the impacts will do and start a proper plan and stepping stones now so that by the end of the century we are prepared when those sea levels rise. Can I ask the same question to you, Nanaya Mahuta, specifically what is Labour's policy for Māori communities, many of whom are susceptible to sea level rise, to coastal erosion, many marae based on coastal areas. What is Labour's policy, particularly for Māori, to help those communities uh, under the realm of climate change? Well, I think the guiding philosophy is kamate kainga tahi kaora kainga rua. So this issue really affects our whānau out in the hauraki and the way in which, uh, for example, planning regulations impact on them. Many of the houses that are there right now are in the estuary zone where there is high prevalence and opportunity for 
flooding out, um, but also in terms of coastal erosion and what happens there. So what we're going to do is basically give a commitment around introducing an emissions trading scheme, and that will be a way of driving our incentive, which is to push New Zealand to a low-carbon economy, start carbon budgeting, put a price on it, have an independent climate change commission, ensure that we're working with regional council around the things that will make the biggest impact, which is all in the planning space. This is the Hauraki Waikato electorate debate featuring Rahui Papa of the Māori Party and, of course, the Labour Party's Nanaya Mahuta. Let's talk poverty. Nanaiamata, Kelvin Davis uh, announced in West Auckland this week an extra $20 million over, I think it's five years or four years, for Farno Order. You're the Farno Order spokesperson. It was interesting that Kelvin made that decision. Do you think that this is a way to help the Farno Order program to deliver more for Māori Farno, particularly within Hauraki Waikato? Well, poverty is about more than Farno Order. So, you know, cost of living has risen because things like GST have risen. Labour didn't vote for an increase of GST to 15%. Other parties did. We didn't. But what we know, what we know, if we're going to tackle poverty, we've got to look at household incomes, we've got to look at providing more houses, we've got to look at making sure we set real targets for whole of government contribution to lift 200,000 of our kids who are living in poverty. We've got to make sure that the benefit system doesn't penalise people who are struggling but actually tries to help them get out of being on the benefit. We've got to make sure that we can deliver on our commitment, which is lifting the minimum wage to $16.50 in the first 100 days and moving, at least in the government sector, towards a living wage because we know household income will help a lot, but then it's the services. We ain't going to give tax cuts to the top 10%. We're going to put it back into public health and education. So it's a whole big answer. The increase in whānau order is a part of a solution, but it isn't going to address all the issues that are there for all our whānau. It's just a part of it. We're going to review whānau order to look at what works, and we're going to make sure that there's public accountability for those who are accessing whānau order. Is, is that a good use of money, Nanaia, for whānau order, when you're looking at monitoring performance, expenditure across agencies? Is that a good use of the $20 million that was announced, again, and I'll, and I'll say this, announced by Kelvin Davis as opposed to you, because you're the spokesperson for whānau order? Oh, I wouldn't get too hung up on that. Kelvin Davis is the leader for, the, for Māori development and our Māori caucus. Happy for him to announce. Okay. It's really in the delivery. For us... The contribution that Whānau Order makes for those who are accessing the services are not well understood, certainly if, if people want more money thrown at it. So reviewing it to ensure that there's some really public, accountable gains from it actually helps make better investment decisions further on down, down the track. But here's the thing. Not all the solutions around alleviating poverty is going to be in the Whānau Order space. It's actually in the space you and I are all involved in more houses in our communities that are affordable for our families. Making sure people can not only stay in jobs but keep them. Looking at the issue of secondary tax in a serious way because people have got two or three jobs trying to hold it down, hold it down just to provide for their whānau and get them on the ladder. And making sure actually when we say a public health system, it really is, you're not waiting eight hours at A&E. And that the hospital service can respond when you need them most. Absolutely, and that we can go to the doctors when we need it most. Poverty is about much bigger things than just the Fano Order Initiative. Okay, uh, Rahui Papa, this question's for you. 
Should iwi be expected to use treaty settlement, quote-unquote, wealth to address poverty-related issues amongst their people? From my perspective, no. From, from my perspective, there's two different conversations going on here. The iwi settlement conversation is about Article 2 of the treaty uh, and getting redress for the taonga that was taken for pittance. But hey, we wanted to move out of grievance mode and into development mode. And the actual uh, health system and the, the aspects around poverty, the aspects around housing, should be an Article 3 conversation. Am I saying that iwi shouldn't be involved in the conversation? No way. Iwi should be right there in the middle of the conversation. Iwi should be there uh, making the solutions for our people. So should all of our communities. All of our communities should be creating community solutions. So if that's the question, then the answer is, personally, I don't think so. But I think that Iwi can provide uh, the solutions towards addressing Article 3 issues in Aotearoa. Provided, provided that when Jacinda sacks Queen Elizabeth, that the principles of Te Tiriti o Waitangi are still there. Okay, Nanaia Mahuta, so the Labour Party has announced its 10 priorities for the first 100 days. You would say, and the party would say, that this positively impacts Māori. There's a criticism, though, from Māori that actually this is more about addressing neoliberals particularly Pākehā neoliberals within the Labour Party, rather than addressing Māori issues, particularly those that have been mentioned by Rahui, that do not meet that Article 3 line. What is your response? Lifting the minimum wage is actually a Māori issue. Think of how many of our whānau are in a labour-intensive uh, workplace. It's going to help our whānau. When we think about uh, the issues around an inquiry into children who have been abused in the state system, Many of them are our kids, got to do something better there. When we think about the things around changing a tax system so that it is fairer, so that the corporates pay what they have to pay and can't hide anywhere else, and that more can be spread around, that affects our whānau. When we think about a number of areas where it's actually about bread and butter issues and our commitment around doing real things, actually that's about our whānau. The thing about the quick swipe about the Republic actually... Jacinda has never, ever said that the treaty wouldn't be a part of a future conversation if we move to a republic. But the honest truth is only Māori can drive that conversation with a level of integrity so that the rest of New Zealand isn't saying whether it's in or out of a constitution. And we haven't done it. We haven't led on that type of conversation. I'm pro-republic. My mother's from up north. They signed the treaty. My father's from Waikato. They didn't. I want a serious conversation about where the place of a treaty is if we move to a republic. I'm pro-republic. Okay. Thank you, tonight. We're going to move to um, we are going to move to housing now. And many of us in this room have heard the Kōrero passed down by our grandparents and perhaps some of our parents. A tale of full employment in a time when blue-collar workers could easily buy a home, potentially with a loan from the government via Māori affairs. But the home ownership dream of the 60s turned into a nightmare in the early 80s when the Labour Party deregulated everything and private banks took over mortgage lending, unleashing a flood of foreign money onto the market. And we now know that most of that money comes from Asia, particularly China. Rahui Papa, this question is for you. How will building more houses solve the housing issue if they're not affordable to ordinary people, many of whom are in the Hauraki Waikato electorate? Building more houses actually means that there is more opportunities for our people. It brings the house prices down, 
and it makes sure that people will be able to afford houses. There's also uh, the key factor of making sure by regulation and incentivising that when those housing developments are created, uh, that some of those are earmarked for affordable housing. So they're incentivised to be able to sell those houses at a reasonable uh, rate so that our people can afford a deposit. There is a governmental interest rate and there is a general banking interest rate. We want to make sure that the interest rates for Māori, so it's not going to be a handout, it's going to be a hand up. The repayments still need to be made, but we need to be able to make sure there's a hand up so people can afford it. So, so, so and I guess we can reference the Kāinga Whenua loan scheme here. What is your response to some whānau who have said that the Kāinga Whenua loan scheme is a miserable failure, that it is hard to access and it is unaffordable? What's your response to some of those criticisms from whānau? There are some whānau that are accessing funds for papakāinga in an urban setting and in a marae setting as well. Those people wouldn't say that it's a waste of time. Those people uh, might say that we need to make it a little bit easier to access, but uh, those people wouldn't say that it's a waste of time and we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Actually, uh, there should be uh, some aspects of that so that there is advocacy, and that's why we want to increase uh, the amount of whānau water navigators. We also want to increase the justice navigators. We want our people uh, to be well-planned and well-positioned because education and employment are going to be the panacea of social ills in this country. Thank you, Rahui. Nanai Mahuta, I said earlier that we know that most of the money comes from Asia, particularly China. This has been a sensitive issue for your party. When you tried to address it, many said you failed miserably because of the way it treated the Asian population within New Zealand, particularly in the Auckland Isthmus. So is it too late to fix, particularly for you and the Labour Party, given your previous attempts? Well, not if you vote Labour to change the government. Uh, but one of the things that we have said, again, a part of our uh, commitment in the first 100 days is to ban foreign investors in the residential market, which is pushing up the prices. That's a 100-day commitment. But if we're really talking about affordability of homes, we've got to do a couple of other things, and we've thought about this. Immigration and people coming in in the skills category, we will relook at the prioritisation of those skills categories Firstly, to make sure local jobs for local people, but to relook at that category, actually, again, inflating the price of homes. Uh, so immigration levels. Our Kiwi Build initiative, 100,000 more homes over 10 years. Now people are saying, OK, that's going to be really difficult. Yes, it's a challenge, but we're up for it because we know we need it. 50% uh, of those will be actually more in the South Auckland, Auckland area, so that's clear. And then the other one is the access uh, to uh, deposit and looking at the various arrangements, obviously in tandem with Kiwi Bank. I do want to commend Minister Flavel on the Kainga Whenua uh, loan scheme because he's tried to improve, and it still needs further work, but he has tried to improve things like infrastructure support for whānau building on Papakainga land. Credit where credit's due. He's done that, and that's to take it a little bit further in the right direction. OK, so just, just to be clear, just to be clear, Nanaya, Labour Party won't be scrapping the Kainga Whenua loan scheme. No, because, look, this helps our whānau get into Papakainga opportunities and it's something that we should continue to again look for the improvements. The biggest improvement as I understand it 
in terms of uh, the real challenge was the partition of lands for whanau in uh, multiple land uh, areas, but also the infrastructure cost. Just to get your services to the gate, that was a real cost. Thank you all for joining in, ladies and gentlemen. I think what we've seen in these debates, and particularly tonight's debate, is that thread, that corridor, that theme that both of them have said. They are whanaunga first, election debate contestants second. Ladies and gentlemen, please, uh, can you give them a huge round of applause? Rahui Papa from the Māori Party and Nanaia Wahuta from the Labour Party. Yes, brother.